We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Hey there, welcome to Binge the Bucks, a special narrative podcast series focusing on the Milwaukee Bucks 2019 playoff run and part of the Eurostep podcast, which is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. I'm Ty Windish. I'm here, as always, with Rohan Kadi to break down Game 3 in the third series in this playoff run, a 118-112 double overtime loss to the Raptors that ultimately would prove to swing the series. Rohan, how's it going? You know, I'm doing okay, you know, um, considering that I prep for this game, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> just okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's better than just down in the doldrums, um, but you know what? I'm keeping I'm keeping good spirits because this this has already happened. It can't hurt me anymore. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, you know, been better. Um, got visibly frustrated watching this game. Uh, exclaimed at my at my replay screen a few times. Um, certainly some some flummoxing things. Uh, do you want? Do you have any any stage setting things you'd like to share before we get right into hate watching and hate recapping? This? Well, I mean, if you're just looking like without knowing the result, which obviously isn't possible, but if you're Milwaukee, you win this game and it, the series is over. Uh, you're up two games to, uh, to none. You're just came off of a 22 point win. You're feeling good. Uh, you've had big performances from role players, and now it's time. If you win this game on the road, if you win this one game. The series is over. You've won the series. You're up 3-0. No team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. No team probably ever will, unless there's like a weird situation where someone comes back from it. You know what? I'm getting way too far into this. Um, but that was, <laughs> if you win this game, it's over, essentially. Correct. Um, so the stakes were high, but I will say it was more, much more pressure on the Raptors than the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, it was an elimination game for the Raptors. It works both yeah, ways because, yeah. like it said, if Milwaukee wins this game, it's over. So if you lose this game and you're the Raptors, you're done. You can't win this game. The Bucks would still have a 2-1 advantage, you're right, when, if they lose, which they did. But the Raptors, you can come back from down 1-2. You cannot come back from down 0-3. But just conversely, just for the Bucks side, I mean, I don't want to call it the wrong way just because we know how this does end up going. Losing this game was not it for the Bucks in this series by far. I mean, I feel like... Like five and six game series are, I feel like fairly often if a team starts out two, up two zero, game three is like the the typical game to lose. I mean it's like, the the underdog, the lower seed team gets their first home game. You know they're going to come out with so much energy and everything else. It makes sense, but certainly I mean this game, the Raptors needed it. The Bucks, 
really could have used it and really ended up, obviously, as double OT indicates, in a position to win. So I think let's just get into the first quarter here. For the second straight game, Giannis starts it off himself. This time he takes Danny Green to the hole. But Pascal Siakam answers. Pascal Siakam with a just fascinating game in this one. One very I can't wait to talk about some of the stuff later. But this was, in some ways, kind of the, the Mark Gasol game and, and one of the the first times, especially in this series, where we'd see another, like we saw with Horford in the last series, at least in game one, a stretchy center kind of doing unfortunate things to the Bucks defense. Marcus Gasol hits a, a three pretty early, and, and I think he scores 16 or 18 points in this game. Ends up being kind of tough to watch at some points. The Bucks defense just really get bent out of shape and be much less prepared for this than it probably should have been. Yeah, it seems like... It seems like they couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get into a rhythm. And that's partly because the Raptors, they were just, like you like you said, they had an enormous amount of pressure on them. They came out and they, they stood up to the pressure. They were executing really well. They were uh, dialed in offensively, which couldn't be said during game two. Uh, they got into a rhythm. And they were sort of, you know, uh, taking the bucks on both ends. They were scoring offensively and they were being really staunch defensively. Whether that's their defense, whether that's Milwaukee uh, not being able to just hit their shots, it's probably a combination of both. But you you end up with, like, let's say Giannis. He scores the first basket of the game, right? But then he doesn't get anything else in that first quarter. No buck makes more than one shot in the quarter. Uh, but luckily, you had a bunch of players score, which actually makes it, like, you know, the Bucks actually are able to score points. They score 21 in the period, lose it by 9. But if you're having... a uh, a quarter where no player can make more than one shot, you are lucky that you are in this game. No, definitely. And it helps that a lot of the, the made shots were threes. I mean, Middleton and Hill make but kind of back-to-back threes at one point to keep the Bucks within five. Um, and, and Nikola Mirotic also hits a three. Kawhi fast-break dunks with, like, which is one of those things, like, unless he's getting the steal himself and he's alone, no offense to Kawhi Leonard, with the injury problems he was dealing with in his lower body, Kawhi just not really a, a very fast guy by NBA standards anyway. Kawhi Leonard should not be making a living in transition unless he's getting all these crazy steals. And he wasn't. I mean, he got some of he's Kawhi. But he just, like, again, the Raptors just finding way too many good looks in transition. And definitely, and a couple times actually in this quarter, he does that. But I, I thought it was interesting and I, I want to talk about this with you because I'm kind of fascinated by it. Mark Gasol is hitting these these shots from range and, and bending the Bucks defense, like I already mentioned. Bud just goes to a no Lopez lineup. Do you ever wonder why, like the 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 comeback isn't to just have Brooke not play the usual drop and just kind of hang with Mark Gasol? Because I feel like Brooke Lopez could hang with Mark Gasol on the perimeter just fine. Well, I mean. If it is, you're just... Hmm, that's a good question. Because then what are you asking the guard to do? Are you asking them to like go over every screen and then have Lopez sort of recover? On to Marcus Hall? I don't know. I guess you gotta you gotta think about it more, but I I guess yeah. Or but just then it's like you're sort of you're up. giving up your backside because if you're having someone go over a screen, you have that uh the offensive player has a like a path to the hoop, and there's no Lopez there. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I guess you. Unless, have and Lopez then you go, run I mean, into the, the problem of like, obviously, I'm not defending like the decision. I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit here. Right. No, of course. But yeah. it's sort of, if if you're not wanting that to happen, then you have to sort of, you have to sort of switch, or you have to go under screens, which allows shooters to you know get their shots off. And if you want to switch, yeah. you don't want Lopez on a guard. And you don't want to allow shooters. So this is sort of what they had to do when you have like a sort of non-mobile big like Lopez. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I would have liked to see some of those things tried, I think, more than just yeah, Lopez like have them beat playing. you a different try, try having them beat you a different way because they're currently yeah. succeeding in what they're doing. At least try something else. It can't be worse. I would rather see... Brooke Lopez being switched on the guards or whatever the whatever you want to go with than Miritich. For sure. Like even though Miritich is like more of a wing player or whatever, I would I would have rather seen that gambit. I would have rather seen them go to that and see what happens. 
I mean, I'd, obviously handling the pick and rolls is going to be tricky no matter what, but I don't know. I would have been more interested in, in seeing more effort made to keep Brooke Lopez in this series. He still plays a decent amount of minutes, and they, they lost his minutes by a ton in this game. But I don't know. It's something that I, I think I've been thinking about a lot since then because I remember just not seeing as much Brooke and just wondering, like, I feel like there should be a better way to utilize him than just absolutely, at times, just giving up on trying to play him when these when these bigs are hitting shots. But Ersan at one point wanders off of Marc Gasol in an inbounds, and, and Marc Gasol just hits like an easy mid-range jumper, and I almost pulled my hair out. Yeah, it's just there was a lot of defensive miscues, like you alluded to with the transition defense, letting Kawhi just get uncontested dunks. You, you're just asking, especially in close games, like this one, like we said it's double overtime game, if you're letting these small possessions get away from you, you're beating yourself. Yep. Yep, absolutely. No, and there's a lot. I think both teams uh, gave some points away in this game, but I think the Bucks certainly gave away a lot. Um, do you have any other first quarter stuff? Uh, not really. I forgot to take down the scores. So you, what did you say it was 30 to 21? Yes, it was. So the Raps have a 30 to 21 lead. Second quarter starts with Pat Connaughton hitting a three. One of my hot takes from this uh, this game in particular, I I truly wonder, not even memeing here. I don't really meme on the pod that much. Like, if Pat Connaughton played all of Nico's minutes and Nico didn't play, I do wonder if the Bucks win this series. Yeah, I mean... Pat was good he was, in this he game. Was. Like, could, you, could you ask Pat to guard Pascal Siakam, though? Could you ask Nico to? No. I think that's, I think, I think that's, that's part true. of the reason I'm that's saying true. it is because it if you just be assume worse. that neither of those guys can guard Siakam or Kawhi, I think you're in a much better position. Um, like, if you just say, like, okay, we need to have one of Giannis, Chris, or Malcolm Brogdon on those two guys at all times, and then just, like, just give up trying everything else. Just throw it away. If your plan at any point, at any time, I sound like Michael Scott when David Wallace asked him for his advice on running a branch. <laughs> Never, at any time, under any circumstances, assume that Ersan Ilyasova or Nikola Mirotic can guard Pascal Siakam or Kawhi Leonard. Ever. There's just, you should not do that. So that's basically, that's part of my reasoning. Part of it is because, I, I mean, Nico does some good stuff offensively in this game and overall. Like, I will say, he hit more shots than I remembered. He doesn't hit many over the course of the series. But there were, he had some fine moments. But defensively, he's such a train wreck. Part of it is he's just not a good defender. He's not a very smart defender. Part of it is, though, like, if he ends up on these athletic wings, he's just toast. Like, there's nothing. I mean, we saw Tatum absolutely make him his damn son in the last series. Obviously, these guys, Siakam and Kawhi especially, are going to do the same. Just take it out of the equation. Just play Pat C. Stick Pat C on Norm Powell for the whole series and just say, Pat C, do not let him get open threes. I think that would have swung things dramatically. It's like so simple. Or or Fred Van Vliet for that matter. I think that'd be a good that'd be a good Pat C assignment. Just stick to him. Just don't leave him. That's all you really need to do. The Bucks just ended up not doing that way too often in this game and in this series. And it's just like we don't need to see what happens when Ersan plays with Nico Miritich. We just don't need to see it. Yeah, I can't I can't really say anything to <laughs> that will go against you on that. I so those are some very good points. We should get into coaching. Uh, yeah, we're my, obviously ready Coach for Bunozer, it. If, we know you, you listen to us... the podcast. You know, just hit us up. Uh, <laughs> Put me on the bench. Uh, we don't even have to have like a big role or anything. Just like you know, advisory role. We'll take we'll take the we'll take the smaller roles right behind the scenes. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll we'll operate in the shadows. Yeah. We'll just be we'll just be your sounding board. Exactly. Yeah. Just hit us up. You know, talk to us. It'll be like the podcast. We just won't record it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Patsy hits two threes early in this one though um, Part of fueling my, my good Patsy feelings Is he did play well and just hit shots He just didn't play enough Yeah he just he really did not play enough um, Kawhi creates some separation though And he just keeps scoring um, Lowry is like a great all time player And like answering things Like Lowry is pretty momentum proof I think uh, he tries to draw a charge. Giannis just gets around him easily for a, a simple two. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Lowry just comes back and hits a three immediately. Like, just oh, just like when you're trying to start a run, I feel like Lowry is one of the best players at just sinking a three at the worst time for your team. Um, a couple possessions, and three possessions here. I, I don't know if it was actually three in a row, but it was like the three I made notes on in a row. Bucks double Kawhi, give up an easy dunk. Bucks double Kawhi, give up an easy bucket to Siakam. Bucks collapse on Kawhi, give up Lowry three. Like, 
just why? Like, at what point in this series had a Kawhi Leonard run by itself lost you a game? It hadn't. You were up 2-0. I just don't get it, and it just felt like they were gift-wrapping the Raptors' offense here in this quarter. Yeah, I think they sort of underestimated the rest of the Raptors team. They just sort of assumed that, hey, if Kawhi doesn't score, the rest of the Raptors aren't going to go, which doesn't really make any sense considering how good of a Toronto, uh, how good of a record Toronto had without Kawhi that regular season. Uh, so I, I don't know. You're just, you're doubling Kawhi for no reason. Uh, let, let your defenders have a chance to prove themselves one-on-one. You know, like Brogdon was doing good work. Let Giannis have a shot at it. And just stick to the shooters. So you're not just giving up threes. You're you're trading like, oh, we don't want them to take a mid-range, like a contested mid-range shot. So we're just going to give up a wide open three. I do not understand how that happens. I just, I don't, I don't get it. No, I, I certainly don't either. I think it's the most frustrating thing from this game and and I mean, like, listen, he can absolutely kill you in crunch time, for sure. Like, then it's, But if you can't just play this way the whole game, I just don't think it works. So, for the series, Kawhi scores just under 30, 29.8 points a game, which is obviously quite a bit. That's very good. I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard. You're not going to stop him. It took him 21 and a half shots per game to get there. That's, for anyone who doesn't really care about stats, that's not terrific. It's not like, good. It's fine. It's not bad. No, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not bad. If it took him 30 shots to get there, that'd be pretty rough. It's good. But, like, it's not unbelievably, like, going to win the series on itself. You're not, like, like, it's good scoring, KD. but it's just that. You know? No. I, it's just one of those things that, I mean, you look at, I mean, the other players, like, if you look at the series wide, Kyle Lowry scores 19 points a game, and he shoots 50% from the field and 46% from three. Like, that's, those are the numbers that kill you. Kawhi shot 44% from the field and 34% from deep. You need a guy to do that bulk scoring, and, and no, I'm saying he's the best scorer on their team, zero question. I'm saying the Bucks were actually too afraid of him, and it opened up things for the rest of the team, and it ended up working against the Bucks in a tremendous way. And you saw it in the second quarter, literally three possessions in a row, other Raptors get going. And I think the other the side effect of that, the thing about primary options versus role players, Kawhi Leonard does not need anyone to set up his shot. Like, Kawhi Leonard can just go get a bucket at any point. That's why he's a superstar. The other guys need to get rolling. Like, you can't just expect your Norm Powells, your uh, not really Lowry, but kind of Lowry, your Fred Van, Van Vliet, Mark Gasol, whoever else. Those guys kind of need to get in a rhythm. Like, they need to get things opened up. They need to get looks really spoon-fed to them. And the Bucks made that so easy to do. So now, all of a sudden, You've got your guy in Kawhi who you know can go get a good look at really any time, any point in the game. That's just who he is. Now everybody else is in motion and feeling it too. And just like it's true for the Bucks, when a team gets rolling like that, that's when they're really dangerous. And it just felt like the Bucks made it so easy for the Raptors to get their role players ready to execute, and it ends up killing them later in this series and in this game. Yeah, they sort of let the Raptors play how they themselves play, like the Bucks play. Yeah, it's like yep. okay, we're just gonna get uh, open threes to our role players, and we're just gonna you know get into the paint and try to make it easy for shooters, and the the Bucks just fed it right to them. It just I don't know yeah. I don't know what else to say besides that I do not understand how this happens. It's the worst part of it is is it was easy to realize in real time. Like obviously a lot of time has passed and we are rewatching these games, but. I remember saying this exact same thing in the moment. Yeah. No, absolutely. Same. No, same. Like, it felt so obvious at the time. And it and it really just like, you know, I could have seen it if in game two, you know, Kawhi scores 45 or 50 and absolutely carries it away and, and wins the game. Like, you should not. You 31 like, and they lost by 22. Exactly. Like, that's that's exactly it. And in this game, what is what does he end up having in this game? Um, I'm pulling it up right now. He had 36. Six, yeah. So he had, he had five more points, but it goes from the Bucks winning by 20-whatever to the Raptors winning overtime by six. Game. No less. Yes. It took 52 minutes. And he shot 44% from the field and 50% from three, but it was only two made threes. He made a lot of free throws. Kawhi gets a very good whistle. But still, like, he shot 44% from the field. Like, he wasn't this unstoppable force on his own. 
But Pascal Siakam shoots 50% from the field and scores 25. Marcus All shoots 50% from the field and scores 16. Norm Powell shoots over 50% from the field and scores 19. Those are the guys that really made the difference. Like we saw from the last game, Kawhi can get his 30 whatever and it won't be that much of a difference maker. But when the other guys start getting their 20s and 16s and whatever, that's when it becomes like, oh, we don't, we, especially the Bucks who don't have a go-to offense, we don't have a way to engineer the points to keep up with that. And that's that's when it ends up happening. You know what this reminds uh, me of? This reminds me of um, what Eric Spolstra said about defending the 2011 Thunder in the finals. It's sort of like you have to you you're gonna understand that KD and Russ are gonna get their own right. That's gonna happen yep. no matter what because they're superstars. At the time, talking to you, Russ. Um, it was 2010, by the way. 2010? Oh no, 2012. 2012. 2012. 2011 was the Mavericks. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, 2012 finals. Um, yeah, KD and Russ, they're gonna get their own. But if you if you let Harden get his own, you're not going to win. If you can just stop Harden and let Katie and Russ do what they're going to do anyway, you're going to win, and that's what happened. And that's how Miami won that series. That's what the sort yeah. of the approach that the Bucks needed to take. Except it's only one guy, you know. And well, it's just like Kawhi's going to get his own no matter what. Before you get to this point, make Kawhi beat you for a game, and they never did. That's what really frustrates me, and it's not something I really realized at the time, but looking back, he never did. Like, they never got beat by just Kawhi in this series. Like, it did not happen. They made these adjustments before they lost a single game, and I would argue that's why they lost. Not a single game, but four in a row, is because they said they got so afraid of this guy that they just bent their whole defense even more out of whack than the stretch five thing, and it just gave up all these so easy looks. Like, I... It's just they very beat frustrating the to see like five thing in the previous series, so that you know that's not an issue. At least not like the biggest issue. But I, I know I I agree that like the stretch five thing is something they kind of could figure out even before there was a backup center or a guy like Marvin Williams to come in, whatever, or Wes Matthews and all these other defenders. They they figured it out. Man, they kept going. So like good. they they won. Sorry, I'm just thinking how good the current Milwaukee Bucks are. Very, very good. Hopefully current. Um the Bucks blew a pick and roll hilariously bad in this quarter. Oh, Giannis and Malcolm down. Brogdon. Wait, what I didn't was write this down. Please tell. They, the Giannis and Brogdon just like run into each other and both fall nice. over. I think it was kind of Giannis's fault, but it's just like a wide open three for Kawhi. If you defend him like that, he will beat you by himself. But they usually didn't. Um, but yeah, the quarter ends with Bledsoe hits a clutch three, and it seems like that's going to be the last bucket of the quarter. And then we get another very last second, I think buzzer beater shot. Serge Ibaka nails a three. Third game in a row. Like, oh come on, minimum. And it's like a lot. Let it like letting Serge get that shot off and and him making it. Credit to Serge Ibaka. Um, big difference in in the game this time. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe, by the way, had a quietly efficient quarter. Two or three from the field, yeah. seven points. Got to the free throw line, hit a three. You know, that's again. It's like one of those things you talk about. You don't want to waste that. Yep. Exactly. Anyway, we'll get to the second half in just a second. But first, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think that there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? That's no problem either. Betonline.ag has live daily Madden NFL 20 sims that you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. This is all open 24 hours a day and all completely online. Just use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering solution. Hey guys, looking to last longer and go a few more extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, 
and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal just for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for that free first order just when you pay that $5 in shipping from BlueChew. So the third quarter. And this, what was the score of the second quarter? I forgot to write it down. 58-51 at half. Toronto. So it's still a close-ish game, and it comes out, it's immediately a five-point game because Nico comes out and scoops up an offensive rebound for two. Um, and this was another game, uh, another situation right after this where Marc Gasol gets a wide-open three because this was kind of like half of problem A with the defense and half of problem B. It's like the drop scheme match with Lopez is dropping to, to help cover Kawhi in the post or just getting over the Kawhi in the post. I think he had somebody small. I forget if it was Bledsoe or Hill or whoever. And again, it's just the Bucks just scream emergency. More of these fast breaks where Kawhi beats everybody back, which, again, no offense to Kawhi, who I'm sure is faster than me, but NBA standards, like, this guy is not. He like, was It's hurt. not like prime John Wall. What? He was hurt. Yeah, also that. Like, it's just horrible. This keeps happening. Again, a very close game. Like, could have swung the whole – would have swung the whole series. Oh, very, very frustrating. Chris drives for once and, and looks comfortable playmaking and hits a beautiful reverse. Um, a lot, of, a lot of threes for the Raptors. But here's what I alluded to earlier with Siakam, and I didn't realize this at the time. He almost had, like, one of the biggest, like, choke job games, like, in recent memory. I mean, the, he misses some very important free throws later. But at one point, he just dribbles off his foot, and Malcolm Brogdon takes it for two. And, like, the game was kind of closing a little bit at this point. And not cl- like it was, it was still close. I mean, the Bucks could have taken it. Like, imagine if the Bucks won in regulation by two. And you look back at Pascal Siakam just dribbling it right off his foot at the top of the key pretty inexplicably. Like, he had some tough moments. He also had some very good moments, and he comes back. But um, this quarter just... Good. I mean, Pat C doing some more good stuff. It was tough to watch him do such good stuff in such a small sample size. I'm starting to rethink like my Pat C thoughts overall, honestly. But um, Norm Powell just continues to to make plays and hit shots. Yeah, it seemed like even though that was happening, the Bucks were sort of tightening the ship, and I think that was uh, you know led by George Hill. He was massive mm. in this quarter. He's the only reason that the Bucks were in this game. No, definitely George Hill. Um, just doing typical, you know, George what Hill stuff. What we expect from him at this like, point, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been that good, that that consistent, and that often. But just the steadying presence, who's always there to make the tough shots and and make this. He'll thing always play good defense. Closer. Yeah, no, that that as well. It's just like just chipping away at that lead, which allowed them to get it to a two point game at the end of the quarter. It's just. And which is wild considering that Giannis took one shot in the entire third quarter. One yeah, shot. Yeah, this is... And it was a three. This is what... <laughs> That's so he missed, bad. by the way. Uh, Did have shooting fouls or no? Uh, no, he had no fouls in that quarter. He had so, like, one foul going into the fourth quarter. Oh, God, that makes the rest of this so horrible. But that's what we're talking about when it's like when you get too egalitarian. Exactly. Like, Partly on Giannis, for sure, who should be just more aggressive. But Also there credit to the Raptors' defense, who are doing everything they can to take him out of the equation. The, also that. But still, at least he should at least be having shooting possessions, unless he's just dishing assist after assist. And, that and he also, also had zero really assists in the quarter. Yeah, so that also was not the case. Yeah, that's that's just something that's inexplicable and that should not happen, but did not happen. Or did happen, I mean, all too often. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I do not understand. Like, just looking at this third quarter box score when you have George Hill leading the team with seven points, Giannis, Chris, and Bledsoe combined for three points in the quarter, and somehow they, you know, bring the game to a two-point lead? Like, I don't understand how that happens besides the Raptors just sort of collapsing. This Bucks team was weird and wild. Like, they were, they, to their credit, they didn't do a lot on the offensive end. They did a lot on the defensive end. They held Toronto 19 points. They were forcing turnovers. They were doing what they can even when their shot wasn't falling, even when the Raptors' defense was sort of stymieing every attempt that they had. 
they were still in this game because of their defense and because of their playmaking abilities. That's that's how they do it. It's not just luck. It's not just Toronto beating themselves. Milwaukee is a good team, even though they weren't really showing it on the offensive end. They were dominant on the defensive end. No, well said. Um, do you have any other third quarter stuff? No, not really. Now we now we get into the... Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, so, now it gets how weird. do you want to start? <laughs> I love that it starts off with Nikola Mirotic pulling off a successful pump fake and then taking like two steps within the line to pull up for a long two. Yeah, that's just perfect. That's I just can't... I, I'd love to... I wish they... I wish the... I mean, I know the, it's the playoffs and things are too serious. Just, like, zoom in tight on Bud and see how he reacts to that. That's what I wanted from the broadcast. Yeah. But Toronto, they got um, out, even though Miritich was doing these weird things, they sort of, it sort of seemed like they wanted to ice the game here because they realized that yeah. Milwaukee was like, okay, they're getting back into it. We can't. It was sort of that mentality that we talked about at the top where they cannot lose this game if you're Toronto. Uh, so they got mm-hmm. the lead back up to eight, I believe, early on. But then uh, Giannis started to get going offensively, but then that's where it all went awry. It did. So early in when the when the Raps are going on their lead, classic Giannis tunnel vision that he's trying to do less of. I mean, he's down. He's taking Kawhi, and Kawhi is most, like, on him a lot more at this point. And even in the earlier games, there were some possessions. But so in this one particularly, like, Kawhi is guarding Giannis. I, know, I, don't, I don't know if the full switch. Have we talked about that? Had the full switch been made yet? I don't believe the full switch had been made yet. He's still like Kawhi ends up guarding him a fair bit, even before the quote unquote switch was flipped or whatever. But anyway, Giannis takes Kawhi down and basically ends up getting double teamed by Kawhi Leonard, a defensive player of the year, I think. Did he won yeah. one, right? And Marc Gasol, another mm-hmm. former defensive player of the year, and tries to score on both of them in the low block, which did not go well for Giannis. And then Kawhi gets a three in transition out of that. But then Giannis does come back for an and one over Kawhi. So certainly there was some. Kawhi Giannis back and forth. It's not as one-sided as it seems, but just one other one of those plays, the block, where Giannis gets blocked before that, just what I mean by, like, the tunnel vision where you know if those two are on you, somebody's open. Like, play the numbers game, Kawhi continues to play on the other end and find who's open. So, tough to see, but certainly, yeah, the Bucks get it close. I mean, Giannis is doing some good scoring here. Nico absolutely loses Norm Powell on a very basic, like, coming off an off-ball screen for a three, just more of the Norm Powell game. But... The Bucks, credit to them, really fought in a game where they could have kind of eased off the gas a little bit and just said, we'll get them in game four. Maybe they should have. That's debatable. I don't think they should have. Um, Brooke Lopez drives for an and one. And then the Bucks tie it up when Chris Middleton creates for George Hill on a sort of pick-and-roll-ish kind of thing. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I like what you said about how the Bucks were sort of fighting in this game because that's sort of like, it's very indicative of how the entire game sort of went because you don't really have your your offensive weapons sort of scoring as they should, but you just you keep clawing, you keep gnawing your way to this time. And I don't know, we, we got what did we when did we finally get it to be a tie game? Three three and a half minutes left in the fourth. I think so. I don't have the time down, but yeah, it was pretty. It was later for sure. Yeah, but it's just like. I don't know, you're really fighting and then you're just getting your way back. And it's sort of those, like, victories if you get the win where it's just like, yeah, you you break the spirit of your opponent. Certainly. And and it, and it would have done more than that. It would have also just put them at such an insurmountable uh, numbers disadvantage. But epic sequence at one point where it's, you know, it's basically around a tie game. Uh, Siakam gets blocked. At one point, the Raps go scoreless for just about four mm-hmm. minutes until Van Vliet gets a wide open three. And again, it's just like, there's like, how many? They have, I think, four guys. You, I mean, you Kawhi, you count Kawhi as well, five guys. I mean, most of their team is a good shooters. But like Van Vliet, as we'd come to find out later, just whatever you do, don't let that guy be open deep. Don't let him be open. I mean, even like, He's probably like second or third, I'd say, on the guys I would not want to leave open. But, I mean, they have Norm Powell as well. Danny Green was like very cold shooting at times. So I'd honestly even be more fine with that, but not Freddie. Um, but he hits that three, and then George Hill comes back. George Mountain just coming up huge, immediately answers. Um, Kawhi hits some shots, gets some fouls called a lot, it felt like. Bucks end up down Four pretty late, and it's like, oh, I don't know how this is yeah. gonna go. Yeah, one thing we credit be- Malcolm before Brogdon. we get there, I don't think we touched on this. Giannis picks up four fouls in the quarter. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of them were not like sometimes he absolutely deserves to pick up his fouls, 
It was getting excessive. No, Ty, I don't know if you heard me correctly. He got four fouls in the quarter. This is the presumptive MVP in the middle of a close playoff game. It just shouldn't happen. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand, especially when he's getting clobbered at the rim on every possession. Yeah, and not getting calls on the other. Yeah, I do not understand. That happened all the that's always gonna happen with Giannis for some reason. Um I think it's just the way he plays, because I like Kawhi is more of a perimeter focused guy, whereas Giannis does more like attacking the basket, I think. But the whistle Kawhi gets on some of these touch fouls is like if you gave that to Giannis, I think the whole Raptors team would fall out. Yeah, I just, I don't know. You can't you can't do anything besides, you know, try to get a fine post game, which never happens. Um, <laughs> no. I just, I don't know. I don't know how you get four fouls. He has one foul coming into the fourth quarter and then heading into, well, we already said, heading into overtime, he has five. So, okay, yeah. now that I've said that, let's get to the this final sequence. So you have, it's a two-point lead, uh, Raptors two-point lead with around 39 seconds left after Brogdon hits a beautiful reverse yep. layup over Kawhi. Absolutely great clutch take. Huge Brogdon, needed back. Clutch, clutch shooter, clutch player. Yep, yep. Uh, so then you, then you get Fred Van Vliet missing a three. Absolutely terrible yeah, shot. Yeah, it was man. good defense. Uh, yeah, it was. And then the Bucks get the rebound. Bled pushes it up the court and then gives it to Chris, who pulls up for three with 10 seconds left while they're down two. Now here, let me say this thing. This shot attempt has haunted me for almost a year now. Really? Because if he makes that shot, the Bucks win the title. Oh no, yeah. If yeah, he yeah. Could, I, I thought you meant like he shouldn't no, have taken if it. He no, if yeah, he makes I, I, that shot, which he almost does. It's like, you know, it's a normal miss for Chris. He's not a obviously he's a good three point shooter. Yeah. If he makes that shot, the Bucks probably win the game and they probably win the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But he does not. Uh, Siakam gets the rebound immediately followed by Giannis, and now we, and this yeah, is where this is what you alluded to. Yeah, combined with like literally giving up a two points earlier on, on the, the, you just don't see foot dribbles that much in the NBA, especially in the playoffs. Siakam misses the first and the second, and I I remember watching it live, even on the rewatch, I couldn't believe he missed both. He misses the first, and I just go, okay, so there, it's going to be three. It, that's manageable. Like you can hit a three and tie it up. Could not believe he I could both. Yeah. And then, in real time, I could not believe he did that. Even watching it on the replay, it's like, I don't know how you did that. You know, like, I don't remember, I didn't remember exactly that he missed two free throws. I know he missed, like, a clutch free throw. Like, I remembered that, but I didn't remember it was both when you have a tie game with 10 seconds left. Or 7.4 seconds left, sorry. I don't, I don't know. No, and then the following play was also just not something you see very often at all. Chris Middleton goes in for the drive. Love that it was Chris, by the way. Gets blocked. But Chris grabs his own miss and puts it in for the score. Like, how many times do we see Chris Middleton drive, get rejected, but then, like, grab the ball and put it in? Like, that's not – that's like a Giannis play. That's not a very typical Chris Middleton play. But I just love, like, it was such a gamer moment. Like, he's just like, we need the bucket. I'm just going to get the bucket. I don't care how ugly it is. And he went and got it. Like, credit to Yeah, him. no, that was a big shot by Chris Middleton. Like, people forget that he's hit. He's Most of his clutch playoff shots have come in losses, which is kind of yeah. weird. Like, do you remember, uh, what was it, two years ago now? Against Boston in game one, where he hit that oh, half yeah. quarter to send it to OT. Ridiculous. Ridiculous Like, people shot. forget that shot happened because, you know, the Bucks lost that game and they lost that series. But that was insane. And now you have this one. He is a clutch shooter in playoff games when we've seen it time and time again. 16-game player. No, he's a freaking whatever 16 plus 82 is. 96-game player. <laughs> <laughs> 98. Yeah, 98. 98 I'm bad at math. Good, good call. I like that better. Um... um and then Siakam misses the three on the other end. We get overtime. That's what I mean. Like, if the Raptors had lost in first or second OT, like, there's a lot of really rough Siakam tape. A lot. Of, like, why was – I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure if I look back right now, I don't remember off top, but I'm sure a lot of the other, other shooters were, were more covered. I would have had pretty much anybody else, I feel like, on the Raptors probably, especially given the two missed free throws. But even, like, otherwise, like, Lowry had hit so many clutch threes. I mean – Look at last series, like Kawhi can obviously hit a clutch contested three, especially from the corner. I I don't really understand how that was what happened, but the Bucks certainly would take it. No, literally any shot would have been fine. You have 2.2 seconds. It's not like you have to catch and shoot right away. You have time for like a couple dribbles. 
Yeah, I, I think you need to get the ball in one of Kawhi or Kyle Lowry's hands there, but whatever. Like I said, it worked out for Milwaukee, not ultimately, but in this specific moment. Um, I'd forgotten how bad it how bad it felt to have Danny Green finally kind of start doing something by immediately hitting a three in overtime. This was like Danny Green was awful this postseason, yeah. right? He was. I'm not misremembering. Like he was just like very not good and forgettable, and I was kind of hoping that would carry over just a little bit longer, and he wouldn't hit this shot, but he did, and it. Like, starting an overtime period with a three is really tough because, I mean, there's usually not that many points scored. Mm-hmm. As evident, I think there was, what, seven points for each team that were scored in this period? Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, I think it so. It was seven points, and three of them came in, like, the first possession for the Raptors. So you have Danny Green yeah. hitting a big three. That puts the Raptors up three. And then Giannis, you know, after a little bit, he gets to the line. Um, and then, but he misses both free throws, like... Yep. His free throw struggles Tough. were very real in this series, uh, and then but although he did redeem himself on the second, yes, miss. he did get the rebound, and then they swung the ball to George Hill, who hit another big corner three from that same spot as he did earlier okay. in the fourth quarter to sort of um, yes tie the game. I forget. Yeah, so tied at this point. So I just want to. I feel like this is a perfect microcosm for how I think this series should have went. Okay, the rest of this, and and it's it's not a great. Example, because I mean they obviously end up tying the rest of the way for overtime. But possession by possession, I think I have pretty much all of them logged, or at least all the ones that were close or like were scoring possessions. Kawhi tries to take Brogdon, misses a tough two, but the Bucks give up an offensive rebound and score. So where Kawhi is now right now in this overtime, 0 for one on his tough shots. He gets one on Chris the next time, and then to not end near the end. No, he misses his next two in a row. So he hits the tough shot on Chris. Brogdon hits a runner to make it bucks down two. Kawhi tries to pull up for three on Brogdon, misses. George Hill gets the ball in transition, gets fouled and hits both to tie it up. Kawhi gets another possession and misses again over Malcolm Brogdon. And again, you look at those as pretty much single coverage, Malcolm and Chris, they gave up two, two points to Kawhi. I think he shot four times and scored two points. Although the Raptors did turn... One of his misses in an offensive rebound, but like, even if he'd made two, like, like you like assume he makes the offensive rebound, like you still played him to a draw there. Like, there's no need to send all that help. Like, make him make the shots. Like, if you just watch this overtime, you can see like he wasn't dicing them up at every single opportunity. Yeah, it it wasn't Kawhi beating the the Bucks. We ha- like you've said many a time, we have not seen, we did not see that happen in this. Not for a full no, game. No, we did not. Uh, not before the, the, the very, very high-key adjustments. So that, that's the overtime. I mean, it's the, the Bucks tie it up again. The Bucks are the ones who have to tie it up late, yeah. but they George do so Hill again. Hitting his free throws. Getting, uh, getting redemption for 2018 finals, yep. was it? <laughs> people remember Tough the JR. They Hill. don't remember George Hill missing the free throw. Cavs people do. Yeah, they do. I'm, I'm, they saying, do. I'm saying most people. Like the general consensus yeah, no, yeah, is JR. Yeah, which, by the way, I well, don't know I mean, if that... I've admitted this before. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Uh, but oh, uh, when when JR started dribbling the ball out, I started celebrating because I thought the Cavs won. <laughs> you were right yep. there with him. <laughs> also, you just admitted you were cheering for the Cavs in I was. Yeah, I was. I mean, I guess it's more fun if they had won. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know, the KD Warriors were villains. Yeah, it, it, well, they were. You know what? You know what the. This is such a sidetrack, but you know what the worst part of the KD Warriors was? Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see the Steph Warriors anymore. Yeah, we did. I loved watching yeah. that team. We didn't it get was to see the the, the, um, the rubber match between the Steph Warriors, the LeBron Cavs. No, because it was which t- should have been a lot one of one. Yeah, both teams had yeah. a thing like, oh, Kevin Love and Kyrie got hurt the first time. Then it was the Draymond thing. Yeah, and Steph was yeah, Steph up, was hurt like, a little, little bit, bit that too. postseason. So it's just like you know, I don't know. You didn't get that. You didn't get that rubber match, but we got you know probably maybe the best team of all time. Which, by the way, yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, we're so. massively sidetracked. I miss that team. They were so much fun. The pre no the KD Warriors. They were so good. Yeah, they were, especially early on before they really started to hate each other. Yeah. Speaking of hate, right away in the second thirty six seconds in. Tweeted this today. Well, pretty much right away. So not exactly right away. But Kawhi, or excuse me, Siakam is driving on Giannis. Absolutely extends his arm. This is absolutely a foul that would go against Giannis where he the offensive player outside of the circle. 
and they call it as Giannis's sixth foul. I have an expletive written down. I won't repeat on the podcast. Let's call it horse dookie call. Just, I mean, listen, you get caught up. You call him for four in the fourth quarter. Fine. I can get over it. You cannot foul out Giannis on this. Like, it, it, it was a charge. Like, it should have just been a charge. Like, it was an, or an offensive foul, whatever. Absolutely terrible call. And I know I've gotten at least at least one person so far has already tweeted to me saying that they think it swung the series. I think the Bucks could have and should have been better anyway. I'm not going to argue in saying this call probably does swing this entire series. Yeah, probably. Just in the fact that, simple fact, like if Giannis is in for the rest of this overtime, maybe the Bucks don't lose. I mean, they lost by a fair bit considering it's overtime, but still. I mean, no, like, that, was, that was due to the foul game. That made it a little. Yeah. Seem like it was big. Yeah, true, true, true. But yeah, if you have Giannis in there instead, like, okay, it's easy to think about it this way. If you have Giannis in there, you have a much better chance of winning than when Giannis isn't there. <laughs> correct, correct. So, um, so yeah, yeah. You have, uh, like, you, you, the Bucks, to their credit, they did fight valiantly. But Kawhi had yeah, like they did. two fast break dunks off of steals, and then yeah, but they managed did. to make it a what two point game with forty seconds left. But then Kawhi gets to the basket, and then Milwaukee is forced to play the foul game to no avail. Yeah, and at one point, uh, Siakam just beats Brogdon um, for an easy two that, that kind of ended it. Chris has some really rough possessions here. Um, at one point, he drives and misses, but L- Lopez, who offensively does some good stuff. Defensively, I mean, he lets Mark Gasol hit a pretty easy three. Um and then he loses him at one point uh, as Gasol drives, which then turns into a three-point game as well, or a three-point play as well, excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, at one point the, after Giannis fouls out, the Bucks are down just one after George Hill gets fouled. But they just – you could just tell Milwaukee didn't have a way to do offense. Like, Chris was, I think, in a little over his head at this point. I don't think he was used to, you know, necessarily being, like, the primary guy He'd who never the been offense asked to runs do that. to. No, he hadn't. So yeah, he costs it up and gives an easy Kawhi dunk. It's kind of a miscommunication thing, but I'm I'm putting it on Chris. And then he uh, he fumbles one out of bounds near the end, but it was kind of over by then. The Raptors just executed. The Bucks didn't. Bledsoe falls into a turnover, which looks really ugly. And Miritich ends up leaving the charging Kawhi to try and cover like a random Raptor in the mid range. So that was one of the Kawhi dunks. The second one was the the one where Chris coughs it up. Oh, it's just. Brutal to watch. The Bucks really, and this just just faltered. And I mean, it happens. It's you know, it's road environment. It's a game three. You, it's double overtime where your best player fall fouled out, and you're up two zero. You just you yeah. just live to fight another game. But it's one of those where you look back and and I mean, forget that we can sit here and moan about fouls forever. It stinks, but it is what it is. If the Bucks had some sort of a late game offense, they knew how to go to. If they were more comfortable with a Chris Lopez pick and roll or you know, more actions with George Hill or whatever it might be. Literally we might be looking anything. at li- literally anything. We might be looking back at, you know, the Bucks championship run in twenty nineteen instead of what this ends up becoming. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to put that. Yeah. So a little a little dark, but that that is what it is, and that's I think that's all I've got for game three. It certainly ends up swinging the series. If only because I mean this was I mean, you go to overtime to go up 3-0, you got to take advantage. Even even before Giannis goes out, I mean, again, I think that call stinks. I think it did kind of swing the series. This first OT, like, you, you, there were chances. There were chances to, to actually take and win this thing. And the Bucks just could not do it for a variety of reasons that I feel like we've covered in, in a fairly good amount of depth. Yeah, for sure. I just, just as on the game as a whole, I think the Bucks fought so hard the entire game. That it, it, it might have gassed them too much. Yeah, no, I think there's certainly... I think they, the, this series was every two days no matter what, right? Yep, it they, was every other, every other day no matter every, what. Yeah, so there was no third day off at all. So I do think... And this could be something, too, where the Raptors might have already been in their second wind postseason-wise because they did go to seven the series before this. The Bucks got you know two long-ish breaks between series. They never played more than five in a series. So I do think after this game, that that certainly could be part of the reason the Raptors start to to run away with the games a little bit more. Yeah, no, I I can't argue with that. It's just, 
I don't know. This this was the this was this um, this was the game where the series sort of swung, and it unfortunately did not swing in the Bucks' favor. And we should say, to be fair, because we do a lot of Chris Middleton defending. Terrible Chris Middleton game. Yeah, no, not great. Chris ends up with nine points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, three turnovers, five fouls. Bucks lose his minutes by thirteen. He goes three for sixteen from the field. Just can't that's do it. Brutal. Just can't do it. I mean, if he makes half his shots, the Bucks win this game. I mean, that's five shots. It's ten points at least. Just awful. And what's really crazy about this game, and I know this is a series wise thing that's true, but Giannis, five for sixteen from the field. Two for seven from the free throw line, twelve points. They won his minutes by three. Yep. Crazy, played 40, absolutely crazy. Played how good they played. Minutes. And they won them by three. So the other, however many minutes, obviously were lost. But just crazy that he cannot even play well, and the Bucks still are going to win his minutes. But the plus-minus leader in this game, Pat Connaughton, who plays eleven and a half minutes, makes all three of his shots. Bucks win his minutes by seven points. What could have been? Yeah. I what did not really realize that. I mean, obviously, I should have figured this out, but George Hill being being the leading scorer, Malcolm Brogdon second, I probably should have figured that but because that's what it felt like during the game, but I didn't realize that it materialized that way because, you know, when you're... Brooke Lopez third? Yeah, because, you know, it's like when you're, when you're watching games, it's like, oh, this player is having a big impact, but they're not usually going to be like, oh, the leading scorer or anything because, you know, there are other stars. No, they were the leading scorers. Uh it's kind of, I mean, I get why, because the Bucks had won the first two games, especially game two. Wild that Miritich is still starting at this point. Yeah, I just, it's it's sort of like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it broke. It definitely yeah. broke, and uh, we would obviously see an adjustment later on. Not not quite by game four, um, but but later on we would see uh, an adjustment there. But, okay, now now finally I am I am out of things. I no longer have any more observations. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've exhausted our game game three. This is game three. Talk yes. uh, about this. Um, so I guess in that case, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Binge the Bucks here on the Eurostep. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform platform of choice because we do have more episodes coming this may seem sad but we still have more content uh and make sure you know tell your family and friends about the show uh you can check out all of the great content being put across put out across the blue wire podcast network everyone's doing their best to put out good content during this time and all i have to say now please stay safe and we will talk to you next time